Why are we doing this? This is the Evil Twins. How are you doing? What's up, motherfuckers? I think you're nervous because we're going to use fake names. We're in a pioneer graveyard, and those people were fucking tough. We're pussies. Yeah, Yeah. well, I got a little surprise for you. (laughs) Oh, no, not another one of these. Another surprise, (laughs) my friend. And we're sitting here smoking some pot. (laughs) I gave my life to Jesus. He said, here, no thank you. You can have it back. We, we uh, consumed some psilocybin mushrooms today. Uh, we're going to be going down to the UFO convention down in McMinnville, Oregon. He's got to be nervous, don't you think, coming, coming on to our podcast? Let's treat him with the respect he deserves. I'm excited to talk to him. Let's get him on the line. Welcome, Welcome to the Evil Twin Podcast. This is going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm excited about today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the first survivor. The very first survivor. Survivor numero uno. The very first winner of the TV show Survivor, Richard Hatch, on our show today. And I think it's kind of cool for both of us because we were both, I mean, at that time, we were both so into the show, right? Yeah. You were into it at the time, right? Um, I honestly didn't watch the first season. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, man. I, I was I mean, I so have, into it. I have watched it. It was so freaking groundbreaking. And we, yeah. look back, we look at reality TV now with this kind of sense of disdain because yeah. it's just been like so ruined. <laughs> but at the time, like this was really, it wasn't the first reality TV show, but it, no. was, it was the most influential reality yeah. TV show. I've watched the, the first season recently, just sort of because I know we're going to talk to Richard. Yeah. And uh, it sucks compared to the oh, other I'm seasons. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, the quality, sure. the quality overall is horrible, yeah. but the challenges were well, like yeah. way easier. Well, now they have like these super athletes on their <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And I don't mean to say that it sucks, no. but the quality, but that's, I mean. It should suck. Let's yeah. hope that's what we do as humans. We improve everything. years ago. I know. So, How many seasons are they up to now? 34 or something Jeez. like that. I don't know. Some crazy amount. Is probes on yes. every single one? Yeah. And he's, his game is tight. Dude, I'm sure his game's tight at this point. You haven't been watching it, have you? I haven't watched it since season one. Well, Remy, <laughs> Remy can tell you. Uh, he hasn't watched every season, but he's watched a, a number of seasons. Yeah, well, tell people who Remy is. Remy so they... is my son. Okay. And he's going to be here with us during yeah. the interview. Um, he's not here right now. And he's watched a few seasons, and he's obsessive with it. He can tell you the names of people. <laughs> he can tell you when they got voted out, almost to the point of who voted for them. <laughs> like, he's obsessive with this Well, he's shit. got a good memory, too. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, he's nine. He better fucking have a good memory. It's primed right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I can't wait to have him be able to... Yeah, I told him he could come here because he's into Survivor, really right. into it, and uh, he likes it a lot. And when he found out that I was talking to Richard Hatch, he made me promise that he could ask him at least one question. So I'm going to allow him to ask at least one question. Okay, the we'll see how it goes. Your son has ne- not really been known to be quiet, but we'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> yeah, see if he's intimidated. One might be hard for him. <laughs> um, I'm interested in talking to Richard Hatch for more than just Survivor, though. Because oh, he's yeah. a fascinating character, mm-hmm. and not just a character on a TV show. Right. He, he's a fascinating individual who's had quite the life since the show was over. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to him a little bit about um, kind of what led him to even try out for the show. Mm-hmm. And How did not, he hear about it when no one else knew about it? You right. Know? And I, but I don't want to talk to him so much about like what it was like to be on the show right. and, the, and all that kind of stuff. For me, it's more like about him as an individual and as the person who went on to lead this show, do a bunch of other reality TV shows. I mean, he's been on a ton of different things since then. We'll talk about Yeah, he's about been that. on The Celebrity Apprentice. He's done Survivor twice, yeah. and he's been on The Biggest Loser. Yeah, and um, also his legal troubles that he's had, too. Right. I don't want to, like, dwell on it, but I do want to, like, 
you know, see if we go there in the conversation. It's an interesting part of his life, and if if he brings it up, if it comes up, we'll go we'll go there. Yeah, we're not we won't push. We're not it. journalists, so we're not trying to like <laughs> drill him and try to make him cry or something. Yeah, we just want to have a. I just think he sounds like an awesome guy. Yeah, um, interesting dude, and uh, now a guest on our show. So um, there's almost no need to do an introduction. No, I think he's probably the most household name that we've had on. Yeah, I mean, in terms of of all of our guests, he's probably the, the biggest household name. Yeah. And uh, so there's no need to really introduce him. For anybody who's over 30, probably. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people who didn't watch Survivor in the beginning and just think of it as this cheesy reality, they don't have a reference for what it was like at that first season yeah. and how groundbreaking it was. Um, so just kind of, you know, if, if you haven't heard of Richard Hatch, Google him, I guess. Google him and then come back and listen to this interview. Yeah. I guess my first question is, what are you wearing right now? Do I ever wear anything? <laughs> Not that I know of. That's a better question. Me either. <laughs> so, um, thanks for coming on. We uh, we thought it would be fitting to have the, uh, what was it? What was the quote, Brad, from? Well, you were 2013 TV Guides. Uh, you were on the list of nastiest villains of all time. So, since oh, this is the Evil Twin podcast, we thought we'd. I love it. What the hell is a villain? I know. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We were. I've re- rewatched the first season of of Survivor recently, and I'm like, actually, he was really nice on that show. Why is it, Why did they consider him a villain? Not because I was smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> you were playing the game. Little yeah. did they know that it was a game at the time. I think. Exactly. Well, then, what about now? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Thirty two seasons in, and people still are kind of clueless. Hey, it's not about ethics, you moron. There are rules to the game. Right. I guess just like this was coming uh, Republican National Convention. <laughs> we'll have to get into that. Oh, so um, what what was life for Richard like before the Survivor series happened? Uh, pretty good. Corporate trainer. Um, set up my life to um, kind of focus on what I wanted to do in life, living well as opposed to working continuously. Mm-hmm. So I would I would do corporate training and consulting all over the country, but I would set my own schedule. So if I, I needed a couple of weeks off that month or three weeks or that month, I could take it. And and that, that worked for me. Probably 16 years or so I did that. Okay. So you were able to, I mean, that kind of, it definitely worked in terms of getting on to Survivor and being able to do that because that's probably, that's a big obstacle that a lot of people face, just being able to take the time off to do that. Yeah, so when I was, I was when I was a teen, I figured somebody would uh, start a show like that. And that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that was all, that was. All. How did you um? How did you even hear about it at first? Like before anyone else knew about Survivor, how did you get the chance to audition for it? Oh, my mom saw some kind of an ad somewhere. She couldn't remember um, what station it was, but she called and said they're putting together a show just for you. Oh wow! <laughs> thanks, thanks, mom. Little did she know. Yeah, well, a couple of weeks later, a friend of mine from D.C. saw the same ad and wrote saying, CBS is putting together a show just for you. And I thought, oh, OK, so let me look it up. 
<laughs> and I did, and uh, filled out the uh, bizarrely long application and went from there. So I just want to know what was Little Richard Hatch like? How did you how did you become such a villain? Yeah, right. Little Richard Hatch was kind of insecure, uh, always kind of aware, introspective. Um, you know, you grow up gay and you grow up. My, my brother was killed when I was 15. He mm. was 13. Those kinds of things get you. Well, they don't get you. They had me um, looking at what's real, which mm. I have always enjoyed doing. And um, so as an introspective person, I, I kind of looked around and thought, wow, this is this is really kind of a fucked up mess. And, uh, and, and, and when you feel that way and you're gay and you're an atheist and you're this and you're that, you're kind of out, uh, an outsider. But I was I was a little insecure about it. I, I was heavy. I was when I was in sixth grade, one of the guys um, in gym peed on my leg in the shower, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> So I, I think I, I I think I've over not just overcome but kind of went way in the other direction. I couldn't give a shit about being naked. I'm not I'm not an uh, an exhibitionist. It's not my goal to get out and show everybody my dick. But I <laughs> but I couldn't care less. You know I just I just couldn't care less. And I and I think that's healthy. I yeah. don't know. That, yeah. That's that's what I loved. I, I watched the whole first season, and that's what I loved about you. I was like, this guy doesn't give a fuck <laughs> about what people think of him. Yeah, so, I, I really got to that point. And, and uh, scary as hell, I learned that that can get you in a lot of hot water up yeah. until being, you know, having name recognition. It, it didn't matter. It was a really good, healthy thing. But afterward, I had a, a, a world full of corrupt, bigoted morons uh, determined to abuse the hell out of me. You were in the military, correct? Yeah, I went to I was in, enlisted and then went to West Point. So, so what happened after the show? Why don't we Why don't we get into that? Since you mentioned it, what What was your experience like after the fallout and the whole thing was over? Um, everything about the show and afterward was really, really great. Other than bigots in power, uh, but, but, which I'll talk about. But yeah. but, but but the aftermath initially was a, a, a continuation of my fascination with people. I got to see a whole other world, this crazy, whatever they call the entertainment industry. And so, for example, I was brought to Australia a number of times, and, and there I was mobbed kind of like um, you know, Michael Jackson or something would have been here. Mm-hmm. Here I had a crazy following, 54 million viewers. People were all... Uh, very positive and interested in the show and and I had all kinds of appearances and blah 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 but in Australia it was a weird kind of notch up they they loved me so much I got to see the the the, the strange side of that mm-hmm. like I went camping and somebody filmed me what the hell is going on <laughs> uh, did you have stalkers that- in Australia yeah well I actually had those here too I had guys come into my house drunk at three in the morning and oh, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, really, really strange stuff, but 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 not un, uh, after having seen what happened immediate uh, origin right after the show. It was it, it shouldn't have been unexpected. Hmm. Did you kind of enjoy all that, or was it something that kind of got tiring after a while? Uh, not even after a while. It was kind of tiring right from the get go. Hmm. I, unlike many of the folks on the original series uh, who talked about wanting the fame, didn't have any interest in it. I wanted the money. Hmm. I, I couldn't. I didn't 
want to be on TV. I didn't look to be an actor or on television. I thought, wow, what a great opportunity. I would have paid to go camping in Borneo. Uh, I, I have all over the world and spending lots of time, months at a time in the woods or mm. in the mountains away from people. So that's why I went. I, I didn't go to, uh, like Sean, the, the neurosurgeon, and uh, Jenna would talk about just what a day it would be like if they walked out and found the Enquirer rummaging through their garbage. <laughs> you know, and sounds I was like a I nightmare. Would, yeah, I would look at them and go, hmm, yeah, wow, what? <laughs> Say that again. Do you really mean it? Can, can you hear what you just said? And they did. They meant it. And so uh, a lot of the people were picturing this life that they'd thought about, a life of fame. And, uh, and for me, that was never a goal and, and was very off-putting right from the, from the get-go. I, I try to be, what's the word, um, kind yeah. to people because I, I understand they haven't asked the questions that they're asking that are being asked repeatedly for 16 years now. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but it's tough sometimes because it, 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 at some point it simply interferes with living in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. So, um, after the show was over, uh, you got into a little bit of financial problems. We don't need to get in too deep into that because, quite honestly, we don't give a shit about that. But yeah, um, nobody does. <laughs> just for tax, and they fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, how's how's life been? Uh, like, c- kind of coming back from that whole mess. Um, not easy. Still working to get back in the saddle. It, it's not something from which I think I may ever fully recover. It's it's um, it's it's pretty crazy how powerful corrupt bigots are. Mm. Uh, so so anyone in power, um, uh, and who am I talking about? Prosecutors, judges, um, people in corporations who are at the heads of those corporations seems to me to have lost a, a connection with anything other than getting more of that power or, 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 or how normal people d- don't really care about their money. They think everybody must. I, I'm not sure what it is. Anyway, I never owed any taxes. I didn't try to evade any taxes. It's the stupidest goddamn thing uh, anybody, I've ever heard of. And yet I see how it happened. I watched it unfold from the inside. Mm. They claimed I did. Oh, and try to evade taxes. I refused to plea. They uh, dropped all charges because I ref- refused to plea. They were furious at me. And six months later, they tried to bully me with 10 counts, bank fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud, charity fraud, ta- in tax evasion or attempting to. Hmm. I still refused to plea and they didn't know what to do with that. And I took them to court and I won everything, obviously, because they made it all up except attempting to evade taxes. And because the judge is in bed with the prosecutors and he's a fucking corrupt, bigoted moron, he gave me more time in jail for attempting to evade taxes than anyone in U.S. history for wow. the amounts that they claimed. It's it's insane. And you say he's bigoted. Did he say anything specific that? Oh, my I God. Didn't... Yeah, it was hysterical. Anybody, any observer with a, with a brain sitting there wondering why the prosecutor kept going over the term non-superstitious? Uh, in a in a case about taxes, <laughs> or, or um, uh, oh, I forget the gay references. Uh, you know the people that he would bring in. My boyfriend at the time, who was a hooker, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And, uh, oh, just, just yes is the answer. It was so obvious to me. It was crazy, but it shouldn't, none of it should have ever been allowed. But the judge himself shouldn't have been allowed. He should have recused himself. I sued the Middletown, Rhode Island Police Department uh, for having sold my son's statement and pictures uh, to the Inquirer right from their computer. Whoa. And uh, this judge did something wrong and was was um, sanctioned by his superior or his board or whatever. And he hated my guts ever fr- since then. And and instead of recusing himself, held off his retirement to hear this case. Oh, so, wow. So that he could- it sounds almost like a personal vendetta in a weird way. No, it, it truly was. And in fact, that's what bigotry is. They They hate you because you suck dick or you're whatever and you're an atheist. And since you're hated, it is personal to them. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I'm offending their imaginary idiot. Uh, so, so therefore they spend their hours attempting to abuse me. It's, it's common. It's, it's what we've done as humans throughout our history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, lucky I'm not, you know, burned at the stake or drowned. And I think people forget how big that show was, too. I mean, because yeah. the show's pretty popular now, but it's nothing now compared to what it was yeah, back then. That, I first mean, season. that first season, like, changed everything in terms Literally. of, like, Literally the way people changed. saw TV. Yeah, not even just television. Changed people's way of living. People were gathering weekly to sit and watch yes. the show as a family. That wasn't happening before that. Yeah, the changes were drastic, and the numbers of people watching were astronomical so do you think these guys in power just kind of had this they saw this gay guy coming out saying kind of controversial stuff and they kind of wanted to take you down is that that part of what you're well yeah it's part of what i'm saying but it didn't start as simply as that you know you didn't want to get into it all it's a little bit complicated but all of the tax any of the tax that was owed was owed to malaysia and it was required by law and by contract clear as day uh, by International law, Malaysian law, U.S. law, IRS in both countries, everybody who's looked at it objectively knows it's clear as a bell and uh, that it was owed there. And it was owed and required to have been paid before we left the island, Hmm. not by we contestants, but by CBS or Mark Burnett Survivor Entertainment Group. They know it. And so their lawyers did all they could to distance themselves from me. Mark giving interviews saying, oh, well, consider the source. You know, never, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's me. I'm the source. Uh, what's that mean? Uh, you know, instead of addressing the, the obligation. So the, the, the taxes were never paid to, to Malaysia. And I was never assessed to owe a cent. The IRS never took a penny from me. Until after the 10 years, I was long out of prison, uh, passed, where the foreign tax credit was no longer available to the individual. So then they assessed me. Mm. (laughs) I was sent to prison without having ever owed a cent. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's... It's, it's like they're so on a commission. Crazy, and nobody will get it because they don't care. Like you said in the beginning, you say tax and they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's who gives a fuck? You know, yeah. it's a stupid, stupid thing. And we don't even understand it. And I understand it way more than I ever wanted to. <laughs> well, speaking of rich, powerful assholes, uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your interaction with Donald Trump. 
Yeah. On the Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice. Happy to. <laughs> So what was that like? I mean, obviously Donald Trump is, uh, you know, bigger than than we ever thought he would be in terms of the amount of people constantly talking about him. But um, what was it like being on that show in compared well, compared to? It Survivor? says a lot about who we are uh, and 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 our intelligence. Let let's let's start with that. But, mm-hmm. uh, as people, uh, as humans, um, I mean, we really are. Um, as close to brain dead as is as, as possible whilst alive. <laughs> Totally but he, he's 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 an interesting character. He's himself is actually quite personable and relatively bright. Um, clearly, you know, was able to take the millions he was given and done done pretty well with it. But but on a personal level, he, we got along great. I've known him well for for years before Celebrity Apprentice. I worked mm-hmm. in his building. We would uh, meet in the mornings as we were as I was going into work. He invited me to sit on the dais at the Friars Club at his roast. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I've spent time at events with his family. Um, I, I, I think I'm one of the only people, if not the only person, to say I spent time in his office atop Trump Tower, buck naked with him. <laughs> was he naked too? Come on. No, he was not naked. Oh. <laughs> Just me. I wanted you photos. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's video. Uh, I, I rode the elevator in Trump. Ta- I was hosting live with Regis at the time. And, oh. and we just I rode the elevator up naked and walked through his office and offices and into his personal office naked while he pointed out uh, the windows at the, the many, many buildings he owned. Just bragging. Look at that yeah, one. I own show, that one too. Yeah, showing me what which of them he owned it. And frankly, there were a lot of them. It was oh, crazy. Sure. That's so funny. Uh, so you know, the point being, I I know I know him pretty well, and what I know or what I believe, uh, based on my interaction with him, is that most, if not all, of what he's saying to play to this base of of. Non-intellectuals. Let me use that to <laughs> yeah. try and be kind. Um, isn't what he personally believes, but it doesn't matter. And his goal is expediency. He's mm-hmm. saying whatever it takes, and it's working. So yeah. he's playing that kind of like survivor. He is, um, but in a degree. way that's really offensive to me. In that the things he's saying undermine, even if he does do good things when he gets in, and that might be what he's telling himself he'll do. Yeah. The things he's saying are creating the kind of, or continuing the kind of animosity and hatred and bigotry that that's, that's, should be um, disallowed, should, should be prevented from being part of our nas- national discourse. Yeah, I mean, it, it not only does that within the country, I also, I also think it feeds into the mindset that a lot of people already think about America from the outside looking in. You know, they and think that mindset... As from someone who travels, uh, a really well-traveled person uh, is negative and has been negative for a long term, justifiably so. Yeah. I mean, we, we are and have been horribly awful to, to to others around the world, and most Americans don't even know that there is uh, a world out there. Uh, <laughs> fewer than twenty percent of Americans have a passport, for example. I mean, they don't. They don't interact or think about the rest of the world as human or, or capable and this make us great again and we're the best is all utterly pure, blatant horseshit. There, there's so much out there that's so much better than we have going on. And, and we, if we were bright or great, would be 
exploiting that, using it to improve our own circumstances. But instead, we just lie to the ignorant and tell them we're wonderful. Are you surprised that it's worked as well as it has? No, because I'm not surprised at the ignorance. Uh, I've never thought of humans as 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 bright. We we just aren't. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the average person is willing to just, you know, sit there and watch Survivor all night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And not think about what it means to, yeah. to to who they are and what are these interactions and is that okay and the way they've responded and this anger, where does it come from? And yeah. Yeah. So, so I think here we go. My pitch. I'm writing a book called Reality Matters um, beneath our hype, hubris, hypocrisy, and hegemony. The, the 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 idea that what's true, whether we are aware of it or even can become aware of it, matters. Yeah. And, and 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 people don't think that way. People don't even really know what I mean when I say it at yeah. first. That's why it's going to take a book, but. I like that. That's exactly what we've been talking about on our show is just trying to talk about um, people's beliefs versus reality, you know, uh-huh. how people uh-huh. how people view the world versus the actual world. Uh, I, 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 you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I, I think the actual world really matters and these beliefs that we have uh, incredible confidence in. So, so, so there, speaking of that, that, that's where I think we go from ignorance to stupidity, and I think we really are stupid, most of us, uh, is we take those beliefs and we uh, share them with confidence mm-hmm. and, and impose them on others. And so no longer are we just ignorant, we're stupid, because we're, we're pretending that that stuff about which we're ignorant is real and is true, and it isn't. Yeah. It almost seems like the more confident somebody is about their belief or their worldview the it almost is a an equal uh like balance with with how ignorant they they really are agreed so so what was harder um survivor celebrity apprentice or the biggest loser really really different you know apples oranges and fish i mean they're (laughs) they're just they're so 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 different. In Survivor, I was literally in control continuously. I was I decided who went. I I really could use my own skills, my own oh, what is it um, personality, the, the, whatever to 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 influence people and influ and and decide my fate. In Celebrity Apprentice, it had nothing to do with anything I did. It was Trump and whomever else was sitting with him behind that mirror mm-hmm. in the boardroom. They 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 decided the order, who went, why they went. There were no 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 rules, etc. And the Biggest Loser was a, a win for all involved, no matter no matter how the show unfolded and no matter what really went on, I mean, the show could be so much better and could help people in such more positive ways. But um, I mean, for example, there's no mental health uh, attachment to it at all. Oh, really? I was going to ask about that. Yeah. I mean, why do you think we're obese? (laughs) Yeah. It seems like that would be a key component. I didn't realize that. I I haven't watched the show. They don't, they don't do like any sort of psychological. None. Huh. Nothing. No. So I've pitched and and I'm talking with them about because uh, I'm a counselor being incorporating a counselor, a mental health counselor from the beginning who's working with the contestants to and the participants to uh, 
to manage what's what's happening to them and how they're going to manage themselves as soon as they leave. Hmm. And that might give them a better shot. I think it's 86% or something like that currently oh. that of contestants who leave gain all the weight or more back. Wow. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, then that part's not as surprising to me as as from the outside as that there is nobody. Nobody. I was. I would think that there would be somebody talking to the contestants. Um, no, there's a wonderful doctor. There's a wonderful nutritionist. There's even a wonderful psychiatrist, uh, psychologist, uh, John Hogan, who who talks with you um, during selection, contestant selection. Mm-hmm. You know, to figure out who who what what group they're putting together. But the show itself, that you know, from you, you get on the ranch and that's it. Boom. Bye. <laughs> start working out <laughs> yeah yeah and the things that come up for these folk who you know who who the fat for whom the fat is uh pro- from whatever the fat's protecting them from it you yeah. know, you know the, yeah. these, these, these underlying uh thoughts and beliefs and um the, the mental counseling is what could be their most powerful tool to to, to keeping off the unhealthy weight. Yeah. Not surprising. Maybe if Trump doesn't win his bid for the presidency, he can come in and be the counselor. So. <laughs> there you go. Can you imagine? <laughs> so how did you get paired up with Aaron? Did they just randomly put you guys together? Or? Yeah. Well, it wasn't random. I had nothing to do with it, but um, it certainly wasn't random. I think they, they were looking through a lot. They were at all kinds of different scenarios in their head. And they asked me to, give them a, a few ideas. And there were, there were a few folks that they would have considered. I mean, my son, uh, whom I met recently in the, in the last several years, um, I was a sperm donor. And so I've got kids that have been finding me. And, and <laughs> I met him and he's awesome, but he's heavy. And so he didn't want to do it because he'd heard, he did research and just didn't like what he believed the show was. Hmm. So perhaps that it would have been with him. There were other folks, whatever. And then when we got there, when I got there, I was on air. That's the first time I met Aaron. I was paired with Aaron, and mm. that was done for whatever reasons their casting professionals came up with. She seemed like a sweetheart. She was on on The Voice, and Thad's um, um, son was on The Voice. He made it to fifth, yeah, fifth place. He was on season seven. I don't awesome. know if you watched the show or not, but he was. He did pretty well. No, I haven't seen the voice, but I I know what it is. Another Bernard, uh, another Mark Burnett. Yeah, yeah. Juggernaut. And, and another another show that's nothing behind the scenes like it looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's a common theme. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what are your plans moving forward? Do you have any anything in, that you have uh, set up? Uh, anything like life. You mean? Yeah. Are yeah. you going to be on Survivor again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows about Survivor? You know, I was invited back a couple of times, um, Heroes versus Villains and Redemption Island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, prosecutors prevented me from, from participating. They, they, they can't do that any longer. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's good. Out of their reach for a long, long time now. But um, my replacements went on to win. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, would if they asked it's something I certainly would consider it's a fun game I still watch it I really enjoy what it says about who we are if you if you want to watch it that way mm-hmm. uh, you pull you have any favorites for this season 
Uh, no, I never do. It, that, that's one of those things that's, that's um, difficult for me. For, for example, if I were to tell you uh, who I thought was playing well, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that can change in, in an instant. Yeah. So, so I try not to because for whatever reason, people tend to listen to me when it comes to Survivor. <laughs> so I do Rob has a podcast and I talk about my thoughts on the game there, but okay. I, but I, but I don't pick winners and I, I don't do things like that because the game is unfolding continuously. And so long as people are paying attention to the goal of, of playing well, then they're going to share with us, we viewers, what, what's going on. And they're not going to share with, with the other contestants. And, and there are people that are doing that pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, Aubrey's doing that pretty well. There are, Scott isn't. <laughs> you know, big I mean, there are, there, there are lots of parts of the show that are, that are fun for me, but I try not to uh, predict. Well, we're going to be going to an open um, audition here on the Oregon coast in a few weeks, just for fun. We don't have any um, idea that we're actually going to be selected, but we just want to check it out and see what the audition's like. Do you have any uh, any thoughts for us on that or any advice? No, oh, I, I don't always, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I always have advice. Yeah, no. In fact, the audition, the open auditions, are a decent place to. Um, to, to, to go, but they're no different from the, the sending in a tape. You, you, your tape will be seen if you send it in, but it may not be viewed completely just as you might not be taken seriously at the auditions. If you are about uh, drama, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to pull out your balls and, <laughs> you know, fart on somebody and do this, you're, they're going to ignore you because they can't tell who you are. Okay. Right? If if you are, uh, if you present and an entertaining version of yourself, and that's different from the stupid over the top drama, where you're really yourself and you're kind of passionate and you're talking about who you are and you're explaining why you'll win and you have confidence in your abilities and your understanding of the dynamics of uh, uh, interacting socially, then then they start to pay attention. Their entire goal in casting, everything that they're looking for is, can I tell who this person really is? And if they can tell who you really are, then they can fit you into the, the set of contestants they're thinking about for a particular season. And are okay. they looking for potential conflict or how do they pair? How do they they are, that? but you can't make it up. It's right. not it's not your conflict. So I was the fat gay uh, fag from the army <laughs> and, and and Rudy was the 72 year old respectable navy seal. Uh-huh. You know, so they probably assumed that there'd the be a different team <laughs> yeah. because we were going to hate one another and it was the conflict they were looking for. You know, but they're not they weren't smart enough to recognize what a powerful alliance that might become. That's yeah. true. Well, um, just one last thing before we let you go. Um, I have a, a fan here. I have a son who's nine years old who made me promise to allow him to ask you one question. I know this might be annoying, but um, he's here and he wants to ask you uh, a question. He might actually ask you two questions. What um, do you mean annoying? No, it never happens. <laughs> this is the first time. Wow. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds authentic there. <laughs> 
so I here he here I is don't mind in the least if you if you remember from my answer i i try to be kind and i realize he's never been able to ask the question so that's true and he was a big fan of yours and a supporter on the biggest loser <laughs> oh cool so uh here he is um this is remy hey remy hi richard how are you i am good i was really excited that i'm going to actually talk to you you're doing it right this minute. You're yes, I am. Richard Hatch from Survivor. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, I have two you're, questions you're, for you. Okay. Your, your, your father will help you understand how meaningless this is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'm happy, happy to talk to you and, and uh, happy to answer your question. Go ahead, Remy. So the first question is, who was your most trusted ally on Survivor Season 1? Uh, Rudy. Before he even knew it. So I made him an ally because I recognized his trustworthiness. Right from the get-go, before we'd even spoken to one another, we were on the ship. Before we were tossed off into the ocean to head to the island, I could tell what kind of a person he was, who he was, just by his demeanor and his interaction with others. So I targeted him as a member of my alliance and made him an ally before he even understood what that was. And in fact, he fought against building alliances because originally thought it was unethical. I had to convince him, which took a couple of weeks. Yeah, I saw that. I thought your most trusted ally was Kelly, but I guess I was wrong. No, no, <laughs> Kelly wasn't an ally at all, and uh, she certainly wasn't trusted. In fact, I caught her cheating uh, and shut the show down. She oh, really? She was being fed the entire game, um, and which is why how she won the uh, the five challenges in a row toward the end of the game because she was being fed and sharing that food with Sue Hawk until Sue got all kind of crazy and and uh, felt Kelly had betrayed her, and then told me about it. <laughs> So, so then, I, then I could take them out uh, or Sue out and, 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 and face Kelly. But no, Kelly was never an ally. Oh. Okay, so my second question is, what was it like being naked on national TV? <laughs> you know, that was a, almost a non-issue for me. I mean, I did think uh, about whether I should do it or not because I'm on a television. I'm being filmed for a show. But I thought, oh, wait, it's CBS. They'll never show anything. Um, and I'm on a deserted island in the middle of the South China Sea. It's 110 degrees. Hmm. No tan lines. Right. <laughs> uh, and no crotch rot. It just makes sense to be naked. Yeah. You know, the guys who left their wet shorts on continuously ran around in pain because they had problems down there. I didn't. And, um, and it was very comfortable. And I knew they wouldn't show it. My blue dot when the show did eventually air was bigger than anybody else's suit or maybe all of their suits combined. It went from practically my knees to my chest. It was, it was crazy. It made it look like you had a huge schlong, though. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not that well endowed. So. Yeah, or maybe I shouldn't say that and just think what you want. <laughs> it's um, it, it really is a non-issue to me, the whole idea of being naked. It just It's just we're all naked. Right. under whatever stupidity we decide to wear uh, and sometimes wear into the water to get all wet so we can take it off and then wash it. It makes no sense. <laughs> well, I like where your mind's at in terms of, uh, 
And it, and it seems like you've been like this since you were a kid, just, just looking at life and just kind of accepting reality for what it is and, and, uh, and kind of going after this mindset of, of preconceived ideas and the confidence that it, it, it gives people and stuff like that. So we hope to have you back at some point. Maybe when you, when you launch your book, you can come back on and, uh, and pimp that thing out. That'd be great. You're one of the rare few who who, who like this uh, approach to life. <laughs> Most we, people are pretty off put by it. Isn't frankly. it weird? I know. I know. <laughs> yes. It's so weird. To being I, being real is is off putting to people. I think it is. And and that how weird is that? Uh, it's just people aren't comfortable with it. People, even very close to me, they 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 long for this superficiality and and this. Um, really, really unpleasant fake dynamic that I can't, I, I really can't endure. Yeah. Yeah. We have the same issues with uh, people in our lives as well. It's, it's, it's tough, but um, well, brotherhood. Yeah, that's true. We're in this together, man. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for coming on the, uh, the podcast today. It's been great talking to you and, and an honor to meet you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the evil twin podcast. To get the full Evil Twin experience, go to eviltwinpodcast.com and follow the guys on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Evil Twin Podcast. If you really want to show your support, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcasts on iTunes. And remember, first of all, first no winners are